part one of collaboration this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by david wales collaboration by henry james part one i don't know how much people care for my work but they like my studio of which indeed i am exceedingly fond myself as they show by their inclination to congregate there at dusky hours on winter afternoons or on long dim evenings when the place looks well with its rich combinations and low-burning lamps and the bad pictures my own are not particularly visible i won't go into the question of how many of these are purchased but i rejoice in the distinction that my invitations are never declined some of my visitors have been good enough to say that on sunday evenings in particular there is no pleasanter place in paris where so many places are pleasant none friendlier to easy talk and repeated cigarettes to the exchange of points of view and the comparison of accents the air is as international as only parisian air can be women i surmise think they look well in it they come also because they fancy they are doing something bohemian just as many of the men come because they suppose they are doing something correct the old heraldic cushions on the divans embossed with rusty gold are favourable both to expansion and to contraction that of course of contracting parties and the italian brocade on the walls appeals to one's highest feelings music makes its home there though i confess i am not quite the master of that house and when it is going on in a truly receptive hush i enjoy the way my company leans back and gazes through the thin smoke of cigarettes up at the distant tipolo in the almost palatial ceiling i make sure the piano the tobacco and the tea are all of the best for the conversation i leave that mostly to take care of itself there are discussions of course and differences sometimes even a violent circulation of sense and sound but i have a consciousness that beauty flourishes and that harmonies prevail in the end i have occasionally known a visitor to be rude to me because he disliked another visitor's opinions i had seen an old habitue slip away without bidding me good-night on the arrival of some confident specimen of les jeunes but as a general thing we have it out together on the spot the place is really a chamber of justice a temple of reconciliation we understand each other if we only sit up late enough art protects her children in the long run she only asks them to trust her she's like the catholic church she guarantees paradise to the faithful music moreover is a universal solvent though i've not an infallible ear i've a sufficient sense of the matter for that ah the wounds i've known it to heal the bridges i've known it to build the ghosts i've known it to lay though i've seen people stalk out i've never observed them not to steal back my studio in short is the theatre of a cosmopolitan drama a comedy essentially of character 
one of the liveliest scenes of the performance was the evening last winter on which i became aware that one of my compatriots an american my good friend alfred bonus was engaged in a controversy somewhat acrimonious on a literary subject with hermann heidenmauer the young composer who had been playing to us divinely a short time before and whom i thought of neither as a disputant nor as an englishman i perceived in a moment that something had happened to present him in this combined character to poor bonus who was so ardent a patriot that he lived in paris rather than in london who had met his interlocutor for the first time on this occasion and who apparently had been misled by the perfection with which heidenmauer spoke english he spoke it really better than alfred bonus the young musician a born bavarian had spent a few years in england where he had a commercial stepbrother planted and more or less prosperous a helpful man who had watched over his difficult first steps given him a temporary home found him publishers and pupils smoothed the way to a stupefied hearing for his first productions he knew his london and might at first glance have been taken for one of its products but he had in addition to a genius of the sort that london fosters but doesn't beget a very german soul he brought me a note from an old friend on the other side of the channel and i liked him as soon as i looked at him so much indeed that i could forgive him for making me feel thin and empirical conscious that he was one of the higher kind whom the future has looked in the face he had met through his gold spectacles her deep eyes and some mutual communication had occurred this had given him a confidence which passed for conceit only with those who didn't know the reason i guessed the reason early and as may be imagined he didn't grudge me the knowledge he was happy and various as little as possible the mere long-haired music-monger his hair was short it was only his legs and his laughter that were long he was fair and rosy and his gold spectacles glittered as if in response to the example set them by his beautiful young golden beard you would have been sure he was an artist without going so far as to decide upon his particular passion for you would have been conscious that whatever this passion might be it was acquainted with many of the others and mixed with them to its profit yet these discoveries had not been fully made by alfred bonus whose occupation was to write letters to the american journals about the way the boys were coming on in paris for in such a case he probably would not have expected such nebulous greatness to condense at a moment's notice bonus is clever and critical and a sort of self-appointed emissary or agent of the great republic he has it at heart to prove that the americans in europe do get on taking for granted on the part of the americans at home an interest in this subject greater as i often assure him than any really felt come now do i get on i often asked him and i sometimes push the inquiry as far as to stammer and uh, you my dear bonus do you get on he is apt to look a little injured on such occasions as if he would like to say in reply don't you call it success to have sunday evenings at which i'm a regular attendant and can you question for a moment the figure i make at them 
it has even occurred to me that he suspects me of painting badly on purpose to spite him that is to interfere with his favorite dogma therefore to spite me in return he's in the heroic predicament of refusing to admit that i'm a failure he takes a great interest in the plastic arts but his intensest sympathy is for literature this sentiment is somewhat starved as in that school the boys languish as yet on a back seat to show what they are doing bonus has to retreat upon the studios but there is nothing he enjoys so much as having when the rare chance offers a good literary talk he follows the french movement closely and explains it profusely to our compatriots whom he mystifies but who guess he's rather loose i forget how his conversation with heidenmauer began it was i think some difference of opinion about one of the english poets that set them afloat heidenmauer knows the english poets and the french and the italian and the spanish and the russian he is a wonderful representative of that germanism which consists in the negation of intellectual frontiers it is the english poets that if i'm not mistaken he loves best and probably the harm was done by his having happened to say so at any rate alfred bonus let him have it without due notice perhaps which is rather alfred's way on the question a favourite one with my compatriot of the backward state of literature in england for which after all heidenmauer was not responsible bonus believes in responsibility the responsibility of others an attitude which tends to make some of his friends extremely secretive though perhaps it would have been justified as to this i'm not sure had heidenmauer been under the circumstances technically british before he had had time to explain that he was not the other persons present had become aware that a kind of challenge had passed that nation in a sudden startled flurry somehow found itself pitted against nation there was much vagueness at first as to which of the nations were engaged and as to what their quarrel was about the question coming presently to appear less simple than the spectacle so easily conceivable of a german's finding it hot for him in a french house a house french enough at any rate to give countenance to the idea of his quick defeat how could the right cause fail of protection in any house of which madame de brindes and her charming daughter were so good as to be assiduous frequenters i recollect perfectly the pale gleam of joy in the mother's handsome face when she gathered that what had happened was that a detested german was on his defence she wears her eternal mourning i admit it's immensely becoming for a triple woe for multiplied griefs and wrongs all springing from the crash of the empire from the battlefields of eighteen seventy her husband fell at sedan her father and her brother on still darker days both her own family and that of monsieur de brindes their general situation in life were as may be said creations of the empire so that from one hour to the other she found herself sinking with the wreck you won't recognize her under the name i give her but you may none the less have admired between their pretty lemon-coloured covers the touching tales of claude lorraine she plies an ingenious pathetic pen 
and has reconciled herself to effort and privation for the sake of her daughter i say privation because these distinguished women are poor receive with great modesty and have broken with a hundred of those social sanctities that are dearer to french souls than to any others they have gone down into the market-place and paul de brindes who is three-and-twenty to-day and has a happy turn of keeping a water-colour liquid earns a hundred francs here and there she is not so handsome as her mother but she has magnificent hair and what the french call a look of race and is or at least was till the other day a frank and charming young woman there is something exquisite in the way these ladies are earnestly conscientiously modern from the moment they accept necessities they accept them all and poor madame de brindes flatters herself that she has made her dowerless daughter one of us others the girl goes out alone talks with young men and although she only paints landscapes takes a free view of the convenances nothing can please either of them more than to tell them they have thrown over their superstitions they haven't thank heaven and when i want to be reminded of some of the prettiest in the world of a thousand fine scruples and pleasant forms and of what grace can do for the sake of grace i know where to go for it it was part of this pious heresy much more august in the way they presented it than some of the aspects of the old faith that paul should have become engaged quite like a jeune mis to my brilliant friend felix vandermeer he is such a votary of the modern that he was inevitably interested in the girl of the future and had matched one reform with another being ready to marry without a penny as the clearest way of expressing his appreciation this favourable specimen of the type he simply fell in love with mademoiselle de brindes and behaved on his side equally like one of us others except that he begged me to ask her mother for her hand i was inspired to do so with eloquence and my friends were not insensible of such an opportunity to show that they now lived in the world of realities vandermeer's sole fortune is his genius and he and paul who confessed to an answering flame plighted their troth like a pair of young rustics or what comes for french people to the same thing young anglo-saxons madame de brindes thinks such doings at bottom very vulgar but vulgar is what she tries hard to be she is so convinced that it is the only way to make a living vandermeer had had at the time only the first of his successes which was not as you will remember and unfortunately for madame de brindes of this remunerative kind only a few people recognized the perfection of his little volume of verse my acquaintance with him originated in my having been one of the few a volume of verse was a scanty provision to marry on so that still like a pair of us others the luckless lovers had to bide their time presently however came the success again a success only with those who care for quality not with the rough and ready public of his comedy in verse at the francais this charming work had just been taken off it had been found not to make money when the various parties to my little drama met heidenmauer at my studio 
vendemer who has as indeed the others have a passion for music was tremendously affected by hearing him play two or three of his compositions and i immediately saw that the immitigable german quality was a morsel much less bitter for him than for the two uncompromising ladies he went so far as to speak to heidenmauer frankly to thank him with effusion an effort of which neither of the quivering women would have been capable vandermeer was in the room the night alfred bonus raised his little breeze i saw him lean on the piano and listen with a queer face looking however rather wonderingly at heidenmauer before this i had noticed the instant paleness her face was admirably expressive with which madame de brindis saw her prospective son-in-law make up as it were to the original teuton whose national character was intensified to her aching mind as it would have been to that of most frenchwomen in her place by his wash of english colour a german was bad enough but a german with english aggravations her senses were too fine to give her the excuse of not feeling that his compositions were interesting and she was capable magnanimously of listening to them with dropped eyes but much as it ever cost her not to be perfectly courteous she couldn't have made even the most superficial speech to him about them marie de brendes could never have spoken to hermann heidenmauer it was a narrowness if you will but a narrowness that to my vision was enveloped in a dense atmosphere a kind of sunset bloom of enriching and fortifying things hermann heidenmauer himself like the man of imagination and the lover of life that he was would have entered into it delightedly been charmed with it as a fine case of bigotry this was conspicuous in marie de brindis her loyalty to the national idea was that of a devote to a form of worship she never spoke of france but she always made me think of it and with an authority which the women of her race seem to me to have in the question much more than men i dare say i'm rather in love with her though being considerably younger i've never told her so as if she would in the least mind that i have indeed been a little checked by a spirit of allegiance to vendemer suspecting always excuse my sophistication that in the last analysis it is the mother's charm that he feels or originally felt in the daughters he spoke of the elder lady to me in those days with the insistence with which only a frenchman can speak of the objects of his affection at any rate there was always something symbolic and slightly ceremonial to me in her delicate cameo face and her general black-robed presence she made me think of a priestess or a mourner of revolutions and sieges detested treaties and ugly public things i pitied her too for the strife of the elements in her for the way she must have felt a noble enjoyment mutilated she was too good for that and yet she was too rigid for anything else and the sight of such dismal perversions made me hate more than ever the stupid terms on which nations have organized their intercourse 
when she gathered that one of my guests was simply cramming it down the throat of another that the english literary mind was not even literary she turned away with a vague shrug and a pitiful look at her daughter for the taste of people who took their pleasure so poorly the truth in question would be so obvious that it was not worth making a scene about madame de brindis evidently looked at any scene between the english and the americans as a quarrel proceeding vaguely from below stairs a squabble sordidly domestic her almost immediate departure with her daughter operated as a very lucky interruption and i caught for the first time in the straight spare girl as she followed her mother a little of the air that vendemere had told me he found in her the still exaltation the brown uplifted head that we attribute or that at any rate he made it visible to me that he attributed to the dedicated maid he considered that his intended bore a striking resemblance to jeanne d'arc and he marched after her on this occasion like a square-shouldered armour-bearer he reappeared however after he had put the ladies into a cab and half an hour later the rest of my friends with the sole exception of bonus having dispersed he was sitting up with me in the empty studio for another bout de causerie at first perhaps i was too occupied with reprimanding my compatriot to give much attention to what vendemere might have to say i remember at any rate that i had asked bonus what had induced him to make so grave a blunder he was not even yet it appeared aware of his blunder so that i had to inquire of what odd chance he had taken heidenmauer for a bigoted briton if i spoke to him as one he answered as one that's bigoted enough said alfred bonus he was confused and amused at your onslaught he wondered what fly had stung you the fly of patriotism vendemere suggested do you like him a beast of a german bonus demanded if he's an englishman he isn't a german il faut opter we can hang him for the one or for the other we can't hang him for both i was immensely struck with those things he played they had no charm for me or doubtless i too would have been demoralized alfred said he seemed to know nothing about Miss Brownrigg. Now, Miss Brownrigg's great. I like the things, and even the people you quarrel about, you big babies of the same breast. C'est assez tendre, Vendemere declared. I may be very abject, but I do take an interest in the American novel, Alfred rejoined. I hate such expressions. There's no such thing as the American novel is there by chance any such thing as the french pas d'avantage for the artist himself how can you ask i don't know what is meant by french art and english art and american art those seem to me mere cataloguers and reviewers and tradesmen's names representing preoccupations utterly foreign to the artist art is art in every country and the novel since bonus mentions that is the novel in every tongue and hard enough work they have to live up to that privilege without our adding another muddle to the problem the reader the consumer may call things as he likes but we leave him to his little amusements 
i suggested that we were all readers and consumers which only made vendemer continue yes and only a small handful of us have the ghost of a palate but you and i and bonus are of the handful what do you mean by the handful bonus inquired vendemer hesitated a moment i mean the few intelligent people and even the few people who are not he paused again an instant long enough for me to request him not to say what they were not and then went on people in a word who have the honour to live in the only country worth living in and uh, pray what country is that the land of dreams the country of art oh the land of dreams i live in the land of realities bonus exclaimed what do you mean then by chattering so about la roman russe it's a convenience to identify the work of three or four la bas because we're so far from it but do you see them writing le roman russe i happen to know that that's exactly what they want to do some of them said bonus some of the idiots then there are plenty of those everywhere anything born under the silly star is sure not to count oh thank god i'm not an artist said bonus dear alfred's a critic i explained and i'm not ashamed of my country he subjoined even a critic perhaps may be an artist vendemer mused then as the great american critic bonus may be the great american artist i went on is that what you're supposed to give us american criticism vendemer asked with dismay in his expressive ironic face take care take care or it will be more american than critical and then where will you be however he continued laughing and with a change of tone i may see the matter in too lurid a light for i've just been favoured with a judgment conceived in the purest spirit of our own national genius he looked at me a moment and then he remarked that dear madame de brindis doesn't approve of my attitude your attitude towards your german friend she let me know it when i went downstairs with her told me i was much too cordial that i must observe myself and what did you reply to that i answered that the things he had played were extraordinarily beautiful and how did she meet that by saying that he's an enemy of our country she had you there i rejoined yes i could only reply chere madame voyance that was meagre evidently for it did no more for me than to give her a chance to declare that he can't possibly be here for any good and that he belongs to a race it's my sacred duty to loathe i see what she means i don't then where artists are concerned i said to her ah madame vous savez que pour moi il n'y a que l'art it's very exciting i laughed how could she parry that i know it my dear child but for him that's the way she parried it very well for him i asked for him there's the insolence of the victor and a secret scorn for our incurable illusions heidenmauer has no insolence and no secret scorn vendemer was silent a moment are you very sure of that oh i like him he's out of all that and far above it but what did mademoiselle paul say i inquired 
she said nothing she only looked at me happy man not a bit she looked at me with strange eyes in which i could read go straight my friend go straight oh les femmes les femmes what's the matter with them now they've a mortal hatred of art it's a true deep instinct said alfred bonus but what passed further with madame de brindis i went on she only got into her cab pushing her daughter first on which i slammed the door rather hard and came up here cela m'apporte sur les neufs i'm afraid i haven't soothed them bonus said looking for his hat when he had found it he added when the english have beaten us and pocketed our milliards i'll forgive them but not till then and with this he went off made a little uncomfortable i think by vendemere's sharper alternatives while the young frenchman called after him my dear fellow at night all cats are grey vendemere when we were left alone together mooned about the empty studio a while and asked me three or four questions about heidenmauer i satisfied his curiosity as well as i could but i demanded the reason of it the reason he gave was that one of the young german's compositions had already begun to haunt his memory and that was a reason which to my sense still left something unexplained i didn't however challenge him before he quitted me further than to warn him against being deliberately perverse what do you mean by being deliberately perverse he fixed me with his intensely living French eye that I became almost blushingly conscious of a certain insincerity, and, instead of telling him what I meant, tried to get off with a deplorable remark that the prejudices of Mes Dames de Brindes were, after all, respectable. "'That's exactly what makes them so odious!' cried Vondemer. End of Part 1